The Productive Woman, Episode 266. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks so much for joining me. In this episode, I am excited to share with you my conversation with lawyer and law school dean, Natalie Rodriguez. You'll find more information about Natalie, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 266. This episode is brought to you by the University of California, Irvine's Division of Continuing Education. Uh, UCI's Division of Continuing Education provides learning pathways for those seeking career advancement or personal enrichment through a wide range of educational opportunities. They offer courses and certifications, all taught by industry practitioners in a broad range of categories, business, leadership, tech, project management, law, engineering, human resources. They offer over 60 convenient certificates and specialized studies programs. And 100% online courses offer convenience and flexibility and a real immersive online classroom experience, even including collaboration with your peers. UCI Continuing Education can help you gain an edge in your career, make a career transition, or simply help you become more knowledgeable in a topic that you're interested in. They provide you with the flexibility to stay on top of your game in your current role while while preparing you to level up. Open enrollment means there are no applications to complete. You just log in and sign up and you can pay for just a single course or enroll in an entire certificate program. You have full control over your own academic plan. They have just opened registration for the winter quarter. So now's the time to give yourself that gift of education. If you have career goals and aspirations for 2020 or goals around self-improvement and gaining new knowledge, now's the time to invest in yourself. Visit ce.uci.edu slash productive woman to learn more and enter the promo code TPW for 15% off one course. That's ce.uci.edu slash productive woman. And that promo code is TPW that will get you 15% off one of their courses. As I said, winter registration just opened up and this offer is only valid until December 31st of 2019. So don't wait. All right, let's get right into my conversation with Natalie. I am so pleased to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Natalie Rodriguez. Natalie is a lawyer and a law school professor and assistant dean. She's also a wife and mom who lives with her family in Southern California. I have really been looking forward to talking with her about how she's making a life that matters. So welcome, Natalie. Hi, Laura. It's great to be here. Well, I'm so glad you could take time out of your schedule to uh, talk with me for the benefit of the the whole community. And like I said, I've been looking forward to this. Now, I gave a just a little hint of 
about who you are. But I think before we get into the conversation, maybe you could start by telling us a little more about who you are, where you are, what you do, whatever you think would be useful for us to know about you as we get into this conversation about productivity and making a life that matters. Sure. So uh, as you did mention, I'm a wife. We just celebrated our 15 years this past month. I also have two children. My son is my now teenager, 13, Mm. and my daughter is 11. She just started middle school. So entering definitely a new phase in life uh, with two middle school students. Um, I am a professor and assistant dean at a law school here in Southern California, Primarily, I teach uh, courses that are designed to help students succeed in law school and on the bar exam. And um, and that I think that's a, a good intro for now. <laughs> okay. And yeah, that's how we met. I mean, you had, had reached out to me at various times, uh, I think a couple different times as a listener to the podcast. And uh, we got acquainted that way. And uh, we share our legal background. And you have some interesting things going on. We've had some interesting conversations. And I really wanted to have you come and maybe talk with me about how you're getting the things done that matter to you. And so we're going to talk about that some of the the tools you use, the systems you have in place. But I always think it's helpful before we get into that to have some context for that. And so if you, if, if there is such a thing for you as a typical day, what might that look like? So typical usually is my Monday through Friday. Um, I wake up around 530. Uh, first thing I do is I pour myself a cup of coffee I take my medication and I uh, open up my Bible and I read Uh, around 630 is when I start getting ready. I fix breakfast, finish packing up lunches for everyone. And the kids are old enough. Well, they are old enough now to uh, get themselves ready. So we're all just doing our own thing and then out the door by 715 to drop them off. Um, And then from there, I either drive into work or I work from home. My commute is about an hour or so long, uh, and I've, I really have learned to enjoy that commute. Uh, it's given me an opportunity to listen to podcasts or audiobooks, and then recently I discovered uh, this neat little app that allows me to send uh, PDFs, and it will then take those PDFs and read the text out loud to me. And so that's a nice way for me to get caught up on some scholarly articles that I otherwise wouldn't have time to read. Uh, and when I'm not listening to podcasts, audiobooks, or articles, um, I use that time to just call friends and family and get caught up with what everyone else is, is doing um, here in California commuting is just part of what we do, especially in Southern California. So if I can be productive during that hour commute, um, that's just always a nice way to start the morning. Um, Once I'm in the office, no two days are ever the same. Um, My days consist of a lot of either meeting with students or um, meeting with colleagues or just doing research and creating uh, resources and curriculum for the courses that I teach. And that has, that has been difficult at times because it's hard for me to 
to do some of the things that um, that are out there in the productivity world, like uh, theme your days or block your days. Um, it just isn't something that I've been able to do because of the types of days that I usually tend to have. I also have a administrative side to my position, which means uh, just a lot of meetings with colleagues or uh, doing projects and, and those sorts of things. What has been the most challenging is trying to then fit in the work that I need to get done and making myself available to the people that I need to be available to, uh, mostly my students. Um, That used to cause a lot of frustration. So what I've decided to do, and it's working out pretty well, is that I added another uh, work from home day. And that's the day that I reserve to get my most important work done. Um, I have uh, very few distractions when I do work from home. I still am able to make myself available uh, because of technology such as Zoom to my students, but those are hours that I've allocated as being available, and then I can work around those blocks. Part of what's challenging when I'm in the office is that I've chosen to have an open door policy with my students, which really has turned into if they can see me through the window and I'm in my office, (laughs) that means they can come on in. And I like that philosophy with my students. It fits well with my values as a teacher. Um, And so this is one way that I've learned to be able to do both, accomplish the things that I need to accomplish and still have the kind of availability that I want to have for my students. Yeah, I think what you're describing there is something I've heard from other members of the Productive Woman community. We have a number of them that are academics at one level or another. And whether whether it's in academia or in another profession where you've got people who need access to you or that you want to be available to, finding that balance of availability to interact with them and support them and also being able to get the the other sort of deep work done that you need to do is a real challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, mindset is everything, I think, in so many different situations. Uh, so for me, it really was just shifting the way I thought about my work day, um, because I was, again, leaving frustrated many days thinking, wow, I didn't do anything that I had set out to do for myself that day. Um, But I met with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so now I just go into the office with a realistic expectation that when I'm there, I really try to just choose one or two things that if I can get done, that would be great. But if not, that's okay. And I know I have the work from home days to get my work done. And that really just has changed the way I feel um, when I'm in the office and when I'm interacting with students. I don't feel like I'm being taken away from work and I'm able to just be there, enjoy the conversations, help them fully, and then work on work at another time. Yeah. And you're right. The mindset around that absolutely is key. Now, before we go on with what the rest of your day is, I want to go back just real quick. You mentioned this app that um, you can, that will read PDFs to you. What is that app? It's called Natural Read. Hmm. I'll have to get a link for that and put it in the show notes because that could come in handy for a lot of people, including me. So that's, that's interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So you have your work day on the days that you're at the office. Um, and then how does the rest of your typical day go? Sure. And then when my work 
uh, day ends, I pick up the kids from school. Uh, I get them going on their own homework while I finish up any loose ends for work, or usually it really means answering some emails. And then I fix dinner. Uh, I use a meal planning app called Plan to Eat, which helps me with the dreaded what's for dinner question every mm -hmm. night. So that that alone puts me in a very different um, state of mind when I know what's coming for dinner because I thought about it. I have everything I need for it. And then it's just a matter of, of cooking the meal for my family. Um, after dinner, we do some prepping for the next day, uh, which usually involves the kids picking their snacks, leaving all of that set out on the counter, uh, doing some minor cleanup, just hanging out, and then winding down until it's bedtime, which is usually about 9 p.m. for the kids and uh, 10 p.m. for my husband and I. And so do you have a, a, an evening routine that you follow personally to sort of get yourself ready for the night and for the next day? So my, I think my routine has turned into just checking off a few things that put me in a good place for the next day. So again, just packing things up, thinking about uh, what I'm wearing the next day, just kind of, even if I don't set it out, I've thought it through. So that's one last thing I have to think about in the morning. Um, I usually will look at my calendar one more time for the next day to make sure that there isn't anything that either I absolutely needed to get done that day or that I know I need to start with first thing in the morning. Um, and then I, I do like to read or if, um, my husband is watching something, maybe I'll watch a show with him. Uh, but I, I really enjoy reading. So if I can squeeze in additional reading time, uh, that that would be my ideal way, uh, ideal way to end the evening. And do you like reading fiction, nonfiction? What, what have you been enjoying lately? Um, I read a mix of things. I uh, professionally, I am enjoying uh, learning a lot about cognitive learning theory and the way the brain learns and retains information. And there's so much out there on that. So it feels like I, there's always one more thing I could read in that area. Mm. Personally, I enjoy um, just a lot of uh, Christian books, uh, just books on, on, you know, what that, the Christian life looks like. Uh, I also enjoy productivity books. I guess that's a, in some ways a hobby of mine. Um, I enjoy those books. Um, so not, not fiction. I, I, I did enjoy fiction as a child, but for some reason that just hasn't, hasn't been the same. Yeah. So productivity books, um, any, anything pop to mind that you would recommend to, to someone who's listening, a favorite productivity related book you've maybe that you've read recently? Uh, so the, the last book that I've read on productivity is a book by James Clear called uh, Atomic Habits. I think this, this is a book you featured. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I enjoyed that book tremendously. I thought it was such a practical book. Mm -hmm. um, I, I believe in the power of habits of small changes over time that lead to big results. Mm -hmm. um, and so that that's a, a great book. Uh, some of the other books that I've enjoyed are The One Thing by Gary Keller. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's more of a mindset book. Mm -hmm. Again, the way you think about um, how you order your day and the, the, the things you choose to engage in. Uh, and then two other books that I don't think I've ever heard uh, mentioned on your podcast, so it might be, uh, might be new books to your listeners. Uh, one is The Tyranny of the Urgent by Charles E. Hummel. It's a very short, 
almost like pocket-sized book, uh, very practical. Uh, and then the other is Do More Better, A Practical Guide to Productivity by Tim Challies. Uh, what I enjoyed about that book, it's that it took the, the method of getting things done and made it bite-sized mm-hmm. so that it's easy to understand and follow. And it's really his own system for getting things done. And so he talks a lot about the tools that he uses um, and why those different steps in the system are helpful. Um, so anyway, I thought it was a very basic easy to understand book that covered a lot of great uh, productivity principles. Now I haven't heard of that one. So we'll, we'll be sure and put links to all of those in the show notes, but that sounds like one I would like to check out myself. Um, And you're right. I did, I did feature uh, James Clear's book, uh, Atomic Habits in one of our productive reading series. Uh, I love that book. I agree with you. It's very practical and and a lot of good information there reminding us that it's not the the huge things we do every once in a while that make a big difference in our lives so much as the the small steps, the small habits that we do repeatedly. So as you, you know, we've we've heard a little bit about what your days are like, maybe just quickly are how are your weekends different? Do you do any work on the weekends? Do you sleep in? Um, how, do, how do you just briefly kind of organize or, or manage your weekends? What do you do for that? So I, I try not to work on the weekends. That, I mean, that's, that's my, my general rule is to not work on the weekends. Um, of course, that, that just depends on what's going on and um, how much did not get done during the week that really does need attention. Um, I, I don't sleep in. I've tried. <laughs> I just, I, I'm an early bird and it's just what I do. And so whether it's the weekend or not, I wake up early, uh, maybe not 5.30 a.m. early, uh, but still much earlier than everyone else. And I enjoy those mornings, especially Saturday mornings are really the, the, the one morning where I get an extended period of time in the morning to myself, um, where I can enjoy reading for a lot longer. And then what the rest of the day looks like just depends on, depends on what's going on with the kids. Uh, both of them are pretty involved in extracurricular activities. Uh, my daughter is a, a dancer, um, ballet tap, and, uh, recently, uh, is on the cheerleading uh, squad at, at, at her school. And, uh, my son plays lacrosse. So, it just depends what's yeah. going on and maybe other family commitments. Um, Sunday is a day that's really reserved for church for us. So that's where we're at in the mornings. And then in the afternoons, try to use that day as truly a day of rest, um, which is hard. It's actually really hard to set aside some set, a, set aside time as a family to do nothing. Yeah, it really is. There's always that temptation to... Um, even though you want the rest and you need the rest, you, when there are things out there that you could be doing, it's really hard sometimes to just say, nope, they'll still be there tomorrow. And uh, today's a rest day. And I, I think uh, a lot of us can relate to your description of how the weekends sometimes are tied to what the kids have going on. It's interesting. My oldest granddaughter, oldest grandchild, just turned 13 uh, this month. And so uh, it sounds like uh, my daughter and you have kids at a, at a similar stage of life and lots of things going on. 
Yeah, all good, all fun, but they they definitely come with their own set of commitments and responsibilities. Yeah, definitely. Well, so let's talk about that. Uh, every person's life is a little different. I think a lot of listeners could, can relate to some of what you've described, either during the week or the weekend, the family part of it or the professional part of it. But nevertheless, uh, our lives are all a little different. They all present kind of different challenges as far as staying productive, getting those things done that really matter. You've mentioned one of those challenges for you is the priority you put on being available to your students during the the workday. Aside from that, what would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing your life, getting those things done that matter most to you? I, I, I think I tend to be my own biggest challenge. I'm, I'm a pretty curious person. I enjoy constantly learning new things. And I think this sometimes can lead to uh, me taking on more than is actually manageable and overcommitting myself. This semester is a good example. Uh, I, I said yes to being involved with three courses, and it's been a lot of work. Mm-hmm. On top of that, I, I changed to using a new teaching approach where I record videos for my students that they watch ahead of class. And so in class, we can practice uh, applying those skills. So far, I would say it was the right choice, but it has led to a lot of extra work to learn new technology and software, uh, as well as the time it takes for me to script, record, and, and then edit those videos. So that that's one. I, I, I really do believe I can do more <laughs> than there may be time for in the day. So that, that's been a challenge. Uh, another challenge is that I can be a bit of a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I have incredibly high standards for myself. Uh, it's something that I have to work on uh, almost daily. Uh, so if I use that same example of learning how to create these videos, I could have easily spent all my time just simply researching and discovering best practices and never got to the actual production of the videos Mm -hmm. because I want to make sure I I do it right from the beginning. Um, But I've had to learn over the years and and to force myself to say, you know, sometimes this is just good enough and it will get the job done, Uh, which is not easy when you constantly think that you are someone or when I'm constantly thinking to myself, I I know I can do better. And so how do you get yourself to just to to stop the the research and perfection, you know, perfecting phase of it and just do get the work done and and ship the product, so to speak? How how do you get yourself to do that? I set deadlines for myself, which are not always easy to meet. I I can meet anyone else's deadlines. My own are a bit more challenging, Uh, but I've, I've learned that if I don't set deadlines that are ahead of the actual deadline, I will just work up until the very, very deadline. And um, so that's one way that I, I try to help myself with that. Um, it's, it's funny because so much of what I share with my students about time management, because that's something that for first year students, as you may remember, <laughs> it's, it's incredibly it's incredibly difficult to navigate through that first year and all of the um, all the new material that you're learning, plus the new skills for a lot of these students. Um, 
school probably was something that was easy for them. They didn't have to work very hard and now they have to put in a lot of hours and a lot of work. So a lot of these principles that are helpful in my own life is what I share with them as they try to navigate that for themselves. Yeah. And interesting, isn't it, uh, how it's easy to tell other people uh, to do it and, and know the truth of it all, sometimes hard to apply it in our own lives. I mean, I even struggle with that. And, you know, I do this podcast. Yeah, I, I think there's so much truth to uh, we often enjoy teaching that which we either can't do or struggle doing. And so the the number one reason that I would say students come to see me is to help them with time management. Mm. So in a lot of ways, the way I think about time management today has changed over the years as I work with different students who have different needs. And I, I it's, it's like every time I have a, a student come in, I could give them all the, you know, the same list of best practices for time management. But I found that that's not really serving the student. We're all so different. We all come with um, different responsibilities, different preferences. And so I've learned to listen, to just simply listen to what is it that they're trying to accomplish? How do they work best? And then come up with a a ideal schedule, right? And I use that word very loosely, but with an ideal schedule for them to get all that they need to get done and then feel good about that schedule. Hmm. It's it's funny because kind of what you're talking about is the fact that personal productivity has to be personalized. Uh, not, there's not one tool or system or approach or or anything like that that's going to work across the board for everybody in every situation. That's right. And I learned that lesson the hard way. Um, the, the system that I have today is not where I started when I first started on my productivity journey. Um, and, and, and systems are everything. Yeah, you, you can have all the best gadgets and apps, but without a trusted system, they just won't do very much for you. Uh, when, I, when I first started and really researching productivity, I had just started law school. My son was two, my daughter was one, and I was desperate to find the perfect tool to help me stay on top of my studies while also having enough time to be the wife and the mom that I wanted to be. Uh, I think I listened to every podcast, read every blog and book on productivity. I tried every tool they recommended. Um, I implemented all the hacks and rules that I came across. And uh, of course, none of those fixed my problem because my problem was that I needed to get straight on what I wanted, what was important to me, and then be willing to let go of the other stuff, even if it was just for that season while I was in law school. We could probably stop right there and know that you, you've said something so profound there. That is so important. I mean, it really does have to start with what is it you want? What are you trying to accomplish and why? Knowing why it matters to you and getting really clear and really solid on that has to be the starting point for any system or approach that you take to getting things done because the the tools are not the key any tool can work if you you know if you use it and if you use it in a way that's consistent with your life and the way 
you you want to live and the things you want to accomplish. Uh, I love that. That was such such an important reminder for all of us, Natalie, that, um, you know, starting from that point, that the problem is not the tools. The problem is not the system. The problem is when we're not clear on what it is we want, what it is we're trying to accomplish and why. Yeah. And then there's always a place for, for the right tool. I've, I've gone through a few tools uh, in trying to discover what is the right fit for me. Um, but I, I would say that my, my system today, it's mostly about simplifying where I can. At the end of the day, that's how I would sum up my the way I've, I, I choose to order my days and um, the tools I use. It's all about just simplifying so that I can have more space and time for the things that I truly enjoy. So I like to think through my day and those things that I engage in on a daily basis. And I consider where, if anywhere in my day, can I automate uh, decisions so that I don't have to constantly spend time making new choices that are not in areas that are particularly important. Um, I've developed a routine and I've cultivated habits that help me live the life that I want to live and not a life that is constantly looking for these magical additional hours to fall from the sky. Um, and, and in some ways, it's funny because I, I, I think that my life has never been more full than it is today, uh, especially with a teen and tween and their own uh, interest and commitments but I've also never had a more gratifying life. Um, so I, I do think it's possible to design a life that's full of the things that bring you, uh, bring you joy, bring you uh, contentment, uh, and, and that tools and gadgets and, and um, you know, productivity uh, principles can help you. But if you start from those places instead of finding the right tool, um, you could still end up with a life that's just busting in the seams. Yeah, I love that. So, well, let's, with that in mind, assuming that we've, you know, understanding that the important thing is, is knowing what it is you want, where you're trying to go and all of that. And it's what's going on in our head probably is the most important piece of our productivity system or, or whatever. That All that being said, do you have um, any particular tools that you like or resources that you recommend for managing your time, managing, get, getting the things done that, were, that uh, are important to you? Absolutely. I, so I would say the, like the hub of my system, as far as the tools and gadgets that I use, um, I, uh, I use all things, Apple devices, uh, the, the whole family's on Apple devices, the kids, my husband, and I, um, so that really does help with keeping everything uh, synced together and speaking to each other, even when we are not able to have an actual conversation about something. Uh, I, my personal calendar uh, of choice is the a, a Google calendar. Mm. So my husband and I, we share uh, each other's Google calendar. So I know what's going on on his end and he knows what's going on with mine. And for work, I use a uh, Outlook calendar. That's just what we have at work. But so that I'm able to keep all my calendar commitments together, I use a app on my phone. It's called the uh, Calendars 5. So everything is in that one single app and I can view all commitments simultaneously. 
that's important when you've got more than one person to think about. Absolutely. If I had to look at three different calendars, it would be really hard for me to get a real sense of what all is going on. Uh, I also use a, a digital task manager. I use Todoist. Uh, I started using Todoist, I'm, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago. Uh, I stopped using it for about two years, though. Uh, I was trying out a different task manager called Week Plan uh, because I really enjoyed the layout. Uh, but again, when I think about what is the tool doing for me, that task manager was actually causing me to spend more time managing the task <laughs> manager than getting the work done. So I had to say goodbye to that one, come back to Todoist, um, and it's been working just fine. I also use an app called Do, D-U-E, to set reminders for things that are time sensitive that I don't want to miss, uh, including remembering to call loved ones on their birthday. I will usually set a reminder um, if it's during the week that goes off when I know I'm going to be in the car with the kids so that we can call them and sing happy birthday and then not worry that I'm going to miss uh, calling them on that day. Um, so it's that's a nice practical way to just not worry about forgetting something. Yeah. I would say though that of all of my tools, ironically, because as you, I mean, you've heard almost everything I use is digital in nature. I love my gadgets, my electronics. Um, I love all my Apple products. You and I are going to be friends forever, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, technology definitely has a place in my heart. Uh, but, uh, you know, three years ago, I went back to using a paper planner and uh, it really changed things in a significant way for me, especially when it came to my weekly review. Um, so I still have my Google Calendar and Outlook and everything goes into one or uh, one of those calendars. But the way I use my paper planner is I put in the monthly spread all those things that are particularly important that I know that I can't forget are coming up just because it helps for me to you know glance at them ever so often. And then I also use a weekly spread where I can see the Monday through Sunday laid out and it has um, the, the days broken into 30 minute chunks of time. So I can look at the, the blocks of each day. And then once I know what commitments are there for every day, I can then fold in, well, when am I going to then get work done? Mm -hmm. uh, that being able to see that easily and, and flip back and forth has changed my my understanding of my own days. Um, it, it allows me to see the weight of what I've already said yes to. And so it's easier for me to say no, like because I can see that clearly it can't go anywhere else if I say yes to this thing. Um, and that's something that I feel like I had lost by only using a digital calendar. Um, and then obviously there's a ton of other benefits like because I write things down, I remember them, even if I don't have my calendar with me, I remember writing it down and, yeah. and it stays there. So that's really helped me manage uh, new requests on my time. And is there a particular paper planner that you like? Uh, so I, this is one of those where the people that um, don't know this about me are either going to think, yeah, that's neat. Or man, she's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I use a, um, I, I, when I started going back to a planner, a paper planner, I used Day Designer. I think they have uh, just really 
beautiful looking layouts. If I'm going to, you know, use this paper planner, I want it to be nice. And I, theirs are just really, I think they're beautiful planners. Um, but I was finding some things lacking and no matter what new planner I looked at, they all just had something missing. And so finally I thought, I can do this. <laughs> so I create my own layouts. I have my own monthly spreadsheets that I create and my own weekly um, layouts that I create. And then I just print them off as I needed. Um, mm. So I never have to worry about running out of my calendar. It's there at, uh, and I just print out as I need. Very cool. And so, it, so is it like a three ring binder type of thing or... I use the uh, disc bound method. Oh. I, I find it easy to use. There's ton, a ton of options so I can, um, it's, it's flexible and that's what I like about it. And it's also not bulky. Yeah. Um, that's, that was the reason why I stopped using a paper planner was because it was one more thing that I had to carry and they tend to be bulky, especially because I like the, both the monthly and the weekly view. Yeah. Um, and with the disbound system, I'm able to keep um, only those pages that I need and easily take out and add in pages as I, as I need. Well, that's, yeah, that sounds like a great system. I, as I've talked about on the show a couple of years ago, added a bullet journal type approach to my system. Like you, everything lives on my digital calendar and in my task, digital task manager. But I, for me, it's very satisfying and very helpful to ha also to have this paper thing that I, you know, this notebook that I can sit on my desk and look at what my day is supposed to be and write things by hand. So, you know, there, there's not a right, a single right system for everybody, but for me, and it sounds like for you, that hybrid digital uh, analog system seems to be working pretty well. Yeah. And I, I also color code my, my calendar. Um, so I have a color that's for work, a color that's for personal commitments, a color for my kids and my husband. Um, and some people see that and they think, wow, that's excessive. But what that does is that it, it gives me a very easy way to view my day. Mm -hmm. I can look back and see if things are out of balance um, because that color will jump out at me um, if it's not supposed to be in, in, you know, that many hours spent on something or, or that type of activity a week. So it's not that this, this planner and my system is about getting things done, although of course it, it does, it helps me do all of that. It's about a system that also can speak to me about how I am choosing to spend my time and whether I am spending time in those things that I've said are important for me. Yeah. That, that's such a good approach. I mean, it it's one of those things that if you, you know, if you feel like I, I've said more than once that we we say we have certain priorities and certain things are important to us, but our calendar and our checkbook tell the truth. And if you, you know, that color coding approach, if you've assigned a certain color, say to family or to personal care or whatever, and you've said those things are important to you, but that color doesn't show up for a week, that, you know, that's some food for thought, I guess, at that point. That's exactly it, at least to think about. Yeah. 
Well, I, I love the hearing about the tools that are working for you, the approach. Obviously, you've put a lot of thought into that. You're being very intentional about it, which I think is a, you know, a key to success. The first step is awareness, and the, the second piece is that intentionality. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, because I ask every guest, even with the thought you've put into this and the time you've spent uh, educating yourself about productivity and organization and developing the systems and the routines and the tools that work for you. And even with that all in place, do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you, or you just get stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? I don't think there could possibly ever be an answer other than yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. I have those days. Um, and the last year or so has um, had even more of these types of days. Last uh, last summer, my younger brother passed away tragically and unexpectedly. Uh, then two weeks after that, I found out I had thyroid cancer, which required surgery, radioactive treatment, and quarantined for almost a month. Uh, wow. Praise God, all is good there now. Um, but that's also, I, and, and through all of that, I've also faced uh, some other challenges over the course of the past year. But through all of these challenges, I've been stretched in ways that I, I didn't realize I needed to grow. So for example, I've learned to, yes, make plans. I enjoy making plans, but to hold those plans loosely. Mm -hmm. uh, this also means learning to be flexible and constantly adjust and reprioritize um, and I've also learned to ask for help and to receive help as a true gift uh, from those who offer it. Um, but, but on those days, practically, right? Like, what does that look like? So on, on those days where it really does feel like the day has just taken on a life of its own, it looks nothing like what I had planned out in either my monthly or weekly spread. Um, <laughs> I've just learned to let go of what I've planned for the day and do the best that I can where I can and then try again the next day. Um, I also try to figure out in that moment what's causing me to feel either overwhelmed or that I'm off track. Um, sometimes this can just be because others have added things to my day that I wasn't expecting. And so when that happens, I just take a step back. I take out a clean piece of paper and I write out everything that's in my mind that I feel needs my attention. I prioritize the items and then I just start with whatever's the first thing on the list. Uh, those are the easier days to fix when I get off track. Um, the more challenging ones are the ones where, where it has nothing to do with anyone else. And instead it's all in my own head and I just simply can't focus. I, I have more days than I'd like that look like that. Um, and so I have a routine that I go to when it's a particularly bad day for me. Uh, I will turn off any bright lights and try to work with just natural light. I'll light a candle. I'll turn on some low volume classical music. And all those things combined have trained my brain to recognize that this means it's go time. Mm -hmm. And I set a timer usually for no more than 90 minutes. Um, I, I try for a lot less than that, but sometimes if, if I'm really struggling with focus, it's because I know it's a bigger project. Uh, but even then I, I really try hard not to do more than 90 minutes a time at a time. Um, and then once that timer goes off, I'm done. And because I know that no matter what, when that timer goes off, I need to be done. That gives me this like surge of motivation, um, which then usually leads to better focus. I love that. That's a, a great approach to days like that. When I mean, some days when, when things have just gone completely off the rails, some days the answer I think is to 
call it a day, take a nap, you know, go for a walk, whatever. But some days you're having that kind of day and yet you still have to get certain things done. And an approach like that, where you have, you create an environment that you can focus in and give yourself permission to stop at a certain point, um, you know, that's a way to, to get on track, get, get back on track, get those things done that really have to get done and then let yourself go after that. So I, great suggestion, great idea. Um, Natalie, what's on the horizon for you? What do you have coming up professionally or personally or whatever that you're excited about that you're looking forward to? Sure. I, um, a colleague asked if I would collaborate on a book he's writing, a, a torts casebook, and write a chapter on cognitive learning theory. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. I'm working on that. I'm also involved in a couple of uh, research projects that have to do with the bar exam um, and whether it's an exam that needs to be um, assessed and whether it's still working. Uh, so that and continuing to develop my skills in this new online platform that I'm using with my students. Um, I'm really excited with that and, and growing my skill set. Uh, personally, enjoying the kids. Uh, they have a very, very full year uh, with, again, both of them in middle school. This is new, especially my youngest also now in middle school. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. And, and yeah, just trying to en enjoy life, enjoy the people that are in my life. Um, and so that means trying not to plan a whole lot so that I have uh, room in my calendar <laughs> uh, for, for these moments. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Natalie, where where can people connect with you if there's someone who's listening that maybe has a question or or just wants to you know share their thoughts about what we've talked about with you is there a place where they can connect with you Sure. So I don't have my own website or podcaster or blog, uh, but I am on my school's website. So you can search me um, on the Southwestern Law School website, Natalie Rodriguez, and that should take them to a page that has my contact information. And I'd be happy to connect with anyone um, in this community. It really has given me so much. I, I've, I've grown um, tremendously from every speaker you've ever had, Laura, from all of um, just the, the tips and tricks that you've shared as you've learned and grown in your own journey. So I, I would be happy to give back in any way. Perfect. And I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to the school's website so they can track that down. Uh, this has been great, Natalie. I appreciate so much that you've taken the time uh, to talk with me. Before we go, do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for a little help or maybe some encouragement in, in getting things done and making a life that matters? What, what would you say to her? So I, I, my advice is going to come from just really what made the big, biggest difference in my own um, journey. And that's figuring out what it is that you want, why you want it, and then order your days according to that. The best advice probably any of us could follow. Thank you so much, Natalie. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me, Laura. <music> 
I really enjoyed talking with Natalie. I hope you enjoyed hearing our conversation. I'm so grateful that she took time out of her schedule to share her thoughts with us on how she's managing her life and the wise suggestions and encouraging words she offered the rest of us. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Natalie or for me about the things that we talked about? I would love to hear from you. And I know she would as well. Uh, you should feel free to share your questions or your thoughts in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 266. That's also where you can go to find links to all the, the great resources that she mentioned and some others that she told me about that are important to her. You can also post a comment or question on the Productive Woman's uh, Facebook page, or if you are a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's a great place to have uh, conversations about this or to ask your questions. If you would rather share your thoughts with me privately, go ahead and email your questions, your comments, or your suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. If you haven't already done so, you know, I mentioned just a minute ago, the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. Uh, if you haven't already joined us and you're a woman who listens to this podcast, you are welcome there. This is a private group where we can meet up and interact more. You can ask questions. We share information, insights, and encouragement. It's just a place where we can talk about productivity. You can find that group on Facebook or go to theproductivewoman.com slash group and click that join button. Be sure to answer the questions. Uh, let me know that you really are a woman who listens to this show. And I would be happy to welcome you into that group and connect with you there. Uh, before we go, remember, if you are pursuing goals for 2020 that involve professional development or personal education, don't forget that special offer from the University of California, Irvine's Division of Continuing Education. To learn more, visit ce.uci.edu slash productive woman, that's all one word, and enter that pro, uh, promo code TPW to get 15% off one course. Again, that's ce.uci.edu slash productive woman, and the promo code is TPW for 15% off a course. I will have a link for this in the show notes in case you're driving and you don't remember uh, what all those letters of the URL, you can click on it there. But uh, don't wait, the offer is only valid until 1159pm on December 31st, 2019. And thank you so much to UCI for supporting the Productive Woman podcast. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Natalie. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and got as much from her wisdom as I did. I, I was taking notes when I was listening to her. Uh, I hope you found something in it that was helpful to you. And I would love to hear from you about that. And I also look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.